0: Every night, it seems to be someone new for the 2023 Baltimore Orioles. And on Monday, it was Cedric Mullins night with his huge go-ahead grand slam, lifting the Orioles to a win over the St. Louis Cardinals. I'll recap it all, plus talk about the updates on Felix Bautista's elbow and the return of John Means coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are locked on Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. And welcome back into the locked on Orioles podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we are going to recap an Orioles win by the score of 11-5 over the St. Louis Cardinals on Monday night. get you the five things you need to know from that one, including a big Cedric Mullins grand slam, Aaron Hicks staying hot, and the Orioles bullpen just wiping off all of the struggles of that Red Sox series and getting to work On Monday, Then we'll talk a bit about Felix Bautista. Mike Elias spoke to the media on Monday, gave us a lot of updates about Bautista's elbow. And honestly, they weren't all bad. And Elias left the door open for a potential 2023 return for Felix. We'll talk about what that means for him and for the O's. And finally, time to get you excited. After 17 months, it is John Means Day once again in Baltimore. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So we start today's episode with an Orioles win. Final score from Oriole Park at Camden Yards on Monday night is the Orioles 11 and the St. Louis Cardinals 5 in Game 1 of a three-game series that opened up a seven-game homestand and a very important seven-game homestand in the Charm City this week for the Orioles. With the O's win, they get to 91-52 and on the year. They make it 86 consecutive series without being swept, the fourth-longest streak in all of Major League Baseball. And as I record here, it is the seventh inning in Minneapolis. The score is Rays 7 and Twins 4. I'm assuming it's looking like a Rays win. If that's the case, the Orioles' lead over the Rays will remain three games as they sit atop the American League East. But I'm going to get you the five things you need to know from the Orioles' 11-5 win over the Cardinals. And the first thing you need to know is Cedric Mullins' Grand Slam was the difference in this game. Now, Mullins had two hits in this one, including a single in the second inning and came around to score the first run of the day on kind of a, a weird error from Nolan Arenado that tied the game at one For the Orioles, but his swing in the fifth inning was even bigger. And the Orioles had rallied to that point. They entered the bottom of the fifth, trailing five to three in this game. They were not, I mean, they were not playing their best baseball up to that point. They really, you know, they had gotten runs off of Dakota Hudson, the Cardinals starter who doesn't exactly have the best stuff, isn't exactly the best starter. He ends up giving up seven runs on eight hits over four and a third in this start for St. Louis, but he was looking solid, I would say, through four innings of work. Then the O's switch that around in the fifth inning. They come in trailing 5-3, to three, and it all starts with Adley and Gunner. Back-to-back singles from those two. Then after an Anthony Santander strikeout, you get a Ryan O'Hearn RBI double. Ryan Mountcastle walks, and that's pretty much it for Dakota Hudson. They go to the bullpen. Andre Pellante, the extreme ground ball right-hander, comes in to face Cedric Mullins. And Mullins gets a 1-2 hanging breaking ball, and he did not miss it. Now, this ball wasn't absolutely jolted. It was a home run that only would have been a homer in 19 of 30 ballparks. It's not like he got all of it, but Mullins lifts it just enough to get it out there to the left of the scoreboard, into the right field seats for another grand slam on the season for Cedric Mullins. Wasn't even a hard hit ball. 94.9 miles per hour off the bat. Has to be 95 to be considered hard hit. But it traveled 370 feet and it was just enough to get out of here to flip this game on its head and give the Orioles an 8-5 lead. We've talked about how, you know, since Mullins has returned from that second groin injury, he really hasn't been the same offensively. Maybe this is another thing that could spark him and the O's. Second thing you need to know from the win on Monday is that Gunnar Henderson just continues to be so fun to watch. And at this point with Josh Young still out for the Rangers and, you know, Tristan Casas and Masataki Yoshida, you know, the guys are having good seasons, but Gunnar Henderson is the AL rookie of the year. Now up to a 257 average and an 820 OPS as he goes three for five with a homer and an RBI and three hard-hit balls in Monday night's game. Gunnar was even sizzling the ball in his two. Batted balls that weren't hits. Had a 108 off the bat, ground ball double play in the first inning, then hit a scorching liner in the third inning that unfortunately went right to the Cardinal center fielder, Tommy Edmond. But he was swinging it well and he got rewarded with a home run in this game. It was a nice little tack on run in the sixth, a solo shot that made it a 9 5 game. But he got a hanging breaking ball from Palante, and he did not miss that thing. Gunnar Henderson absolutely unloads 103 off the bat, 422 feet out to right center field for his 25th home run of the season, second on the team. He's just locked in right now at the plate, and it is huge for the O's having him in the middle of the lineup. And, and, you know, it's not just Gunnar Henderson. I mean, everybody was contributing in this game. I mean, the Orioles get, you know, 11 runs on 13 hits. Now, four times in the last five games, the Orioles have scored double digit runs. I mean, this offense is red hot, and it's coming at a good time against a really, really bad St. Louis Cardinals pitching staff. I think we saw that, or at least a a brief preview of that, on Monday night. But everybody who was in the lineup in this game got on base. All 10 players who appeared got on base. Adley Rutschman had a single and two walks, mentioned Gunner. Even Santander, who went 0 for 4, had a walk in this game. Ryan O'Hearn had the RBI double that I mentioned. Austin Hayes came off the bench as a defensive replacement and then delivered a two-run single with the bases loaded in the eighth to kind of put the game away and make it 11-5. Ryan Mountcastle went 0-3 for but did draw two walks. Mentioned Cedric Mullins. Adam Frazier had a single in RBI and a walk. Ramona Rias had an RBI single in the second inning. Everybody did things. And the one guy I didn't mention, he might have done the most outside of Gunnar Henderson. Because the third thing you need to know from this one is Aaron Hicks just stayed red hot. In this game, Hicks getting the start in left field in this one, batting seventh goes three for four with a double and two singles and three hard hit balls in this game. His first single was an interesting one, kind of, you know, two outs runner on first Cedric Mullins in a one nothing game in the second, just kind of lines one back up the middle. Center fielder Edmund tries to throw to third to get Mullins, doesn't get him. Arenado picks it up, tries to th- throw to second, get Hicks, going to second, ball goes into right field. All of a sudden, Mullins scores. Hicks goes to third, then scores on a Ramona Rios RBI single, and it's 2-1. to one. But Hicks had a, then a hustle double later in that game as well. Just was really swinging the bat so, so well. Ended up scoring on a Frazier RBI single in the fourth because Hicks turned a single into, into a double earlier in the inning. Just love the way Aaron Hicks is swinging the bat right now. He's been really good since coming back off the aisle with the back injury. And in Aaron Hicks's last seven games, this isn't all the way since he came back, but basically it's been since he came back. Last seven games, Hicks is now 13 for 25 at the plate. That's a 520 batting average with two doubles, a homer, nine RBIs, and only five strikeouts to four walks in that time for Aaron Hicks. He is providing a ginormous boost for this Orioles offense. Fourth thing you need to know from the O's 11-5 win over the Cardinals as we switch it over to the pitching side. Dean Kramer was not good, again, in this one. Dean Kramer, who had an unbelievable month of August. I mean, he was incredible for the O's last month. Had kind of a shaky first start to September. Last week in Anaheim, he got helped out by the Orioles' bullpen, getting him out of a bases loaded jam. But he walked three batters, only lasted four and two thirds in that one. And you think, okay, kind of a weird scenario, you know, he'll bounce back. That start was iffy. The start Monday night against the Cardinals was just straight up bad from Dean Kramer. It was one of his worst starts, really, in a long time. It's been a while since I've seen Kramer pitch that poorly. He goes just four and a third innings, allowing five runs on seven hits, with two strikeouts and four walks for Kramer in this one. Now, he only allowed four hard hit balls. It's not like the Cardinals were smashing the ball. They had a lot of, you know, kind of dribblers through the infield, a couple of infield singles that hurt Kramer. Don't get me wrong. And it's usually the hard-hit balls that get Kramer, but in this one, it was the walks. And after walking three in his last start, he goes four walks in this one. Just really concerning from Dean Kramer. And, And I talked about, you know, when I was mentioning on the August Award show how good Kramer had been in the month of August and basically how unhittable his cutter had been in that month. That has not been the case, especially in this start. On Monday night, that cutter got hit hard. He threw it 21 times, 11 swings, just two whiffs. They put it in play seven times. Had a max exit velocity of 106 against it. They were crushing the cutter, and the four-seam fastball was solid on the day. wasn't commanding it as well as he would like, but the other stuff just wasn't there. And it's a little concerning for Kramer with back-to-back rough starts, and especially was not good timing for the Orioles. Like I'm sure Kramer will. It back together, and we will still be able to trust him as the Orioles' number three starter heading into the postseason. But it was also the timing of this, right? Because this makes it f- three consecutive starts Jack Flaherty on Saturday, Grayson Rodriguez on Sunday, and now Dean Kramer on Monday. Three consecutive days where the Orioles' starter has not been able to even finish five innings. And that is big right here because the Orioles are in the middle of 17 games in 17 days. They don't have another off day till next Monday. And to make it even worse, Your long man, Cole Irvin, threw two and two-thirds innings, 39 pitches on Sunday, so he wasn't available. And today, the day after this game, you're starting John Means. In his first start off of Tommy John surgery, you just don't know how much you can rely on him to pitch deep into the game. So it was kind of the worst time for Dean Kramer to have a bad short start, but that's what happened. But luckily, the fifth and final thing you need to know from the Orioles' win over the Cardinals on Monday is that the bullpen stepped up Big time. And they're gonna be a little tired here, right? You know, they've still got six games in the next six days, and they were used a lot in this one. But they were huge in the O's winning this game. And now you can't discount the offense, right? Eleven runs is gonna win you most ball games, unless you're the Red Sox on Saturday. But the bullpen was incredible. Brandon Hyde goes to D.L. Hall in the fifth inning in relief of Kramer. He gives up an RBI single, but then kind of locks things down. Hall was the best of all these relievers, going an inning and a third scoreless with a strikeout, one hit, 27 pitches. He was huge, kind of bridging the gap to the back part of the bullpen. They got a scoreless inning from Jacob Webb, allowing one hit. Jorge Lopez got him two outs, scoreless, one hit. Danny Coulomb, two outs, scoreless, one hit. And then Shintaro Fujinami did allow a single and a walk, but got a strikeout in a scoreless ninth to finish off the game. And it was an interesting day for the bullpen because they weren't dominant at all. Like the Orioles got four and two-thirds innings of work from the pen. That's a lot to ask. And when you get four and two-thirds scoreless, that is an incredible day from the bullpen. But it wasn't like it was a dominant day from the pen. Despite four and two-thirds scoreless, it was only two strikeouts. But the key was, despite the fact that they gave up five hits, each reliever gave up one hit. They only walked one batter in the four and two-thirds. And after Dean Kramer had walked four, that was the key for the O's pen and one of the keys to the 11-5 to win over the Cardinals on Monday night. But that win for the O's, you know, wasn't the only good news from Monday. Kind of surprisingly, I wouldn't say it was great ecstatic news, but somewhat positive update on Felix Bautista. That's what we got from Mike Elias Monday And coming up next, to talk about what that update is, what it means for Felix, what it means for the O's, what it means for this bullpen, and really his elbow moving forward here in 2023 and beyond. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by Sleeper. Now, it is getting to be that time of year. October's around the corner. The MLB playoffs are around the corner. And that means the clock is ticking on your chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is now with studs like Acuna, Betts, Otani, and Gunnar Henderson. So you just go on to Sleeper. You pick more or less on stats for these stars like homers, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to a 100 times payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right and you could win big. The app for Sleeper, it's super easy to use. They even got a group chat function where if you're competing against others, you can do a little trash talk on there. And the entries are so easy. You go in and in less than a minute, you've made your Sleeper entry for the day. It's that easy. So use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Check out Sleeper today. So the Orioles take down the Cardinals 11-5 on Monday night, taking game one of a three-game set against a struggling St. Louis team here in Baltimore this week. But it was good to get the win. It was also good what we heard about Felix Bautista on Monday. As Mike Elias spoke to the media before Monday's game, and it wasn't like the most positive like update of, hey, Felix is going to be back in two weeks. We didn't get anything like that. But it was interesting to hear Mike Elias really go into a little bit more depth on the injury for the first time since it happened back on August 25th when he threw the pitch in the ninth inning against the Rockies and left the game. The Orioles said he had some sort of UCL injury. Well, One thing we did find out Monday is that it is a partial tear of Felix Bautista's UCL. The UCL is the ligament in the elbow where when guys tear it, that is the injury that leads to Tommy John surgery. Now it's not a full tear, it's a partial tear, which was kind of number one on the like This is somewhat positive list for the Orioles. And, you know, we had heard earlier this week that Felix Bautista had played catch in the outfield a couple of times, did it lightly again before Monday's game. You know, Elias said he continues to throw or at least play catch. And the big thing Mike Elias talked about, and this is what I talked about kind of right after the injury happened, is that the O's do have some time to further evaluate the Felix injury because of the timing of this injury. Generally, Tommy John surgery is a 12 to 18 month recovery. But whether Felix gets the Tommy John now on September 12th or he gets it in two months, right? When the season's over, they decide, eh, we used him a little bit or we couldn't use him at all. They get the surgery in early November. If you're looking at, let's say, 15 months from there, that's right in between the 12 to 18, that puts you back to throwing in February of 2025. And yes, you may not be ready for opening day of 25, but early in the 2025 season you would have Felix Bautista back whether he gets the TJ now or gets it in two months. And that is where this time on the calendar where the injury happens actually helps out the Orioles a little bit. And as Mike Elias said Monday, gives them some time to make this decision. So Felix is going to continue to throw. I don't think at this point that means bullpens, but at least means playing catch in the outfields and before games for the Orioles. And Mike Elias said Monday that doctor, you know, they've talked to a lot of different doctors, a lot of different experts on this. And doctors have told them that at least at this point with Felix throwing and playing catch, there is no extra risk to do further damage to his arm, at least throwing for now. They they don't think he'll do further damage to the elbow at this point. Now, to me, I still do question that, right? Because it's like, he's got the partial tear. Doesn't that mean that it could be torn further if he continues to pitch? Like, they called the injury a non-chronic injury, which is what most Tommy John surgery and UCL injuries are. You throw a pitch... Something basically tears, something snaps, you have to get Tommy John. That's what happened to Felix in that game against the Rockies, except we don't know if he needs Tommy John yet. But because of that, what that tells me is, if he continues to throw at full speed, couldn't it tear even further and make the injury even worse? Now, your argument could be, well, Connor, it feels like this is going to end in Tommy John surgery. And if Felix has anything left in the tank that he can give the Orioles this season if they try to win a World Series, if he hurts it a little bit more, maybe it doesn't matter because he's just going to get the full Tommy John surgery get it repaired anyway. That could be an argument you have to say, you know what, if he's feeling okay and he feels like he can get guys out, put him back in the bullpen in the postseason and see what you can get. I would push back on that a little bit. I know the Orioles are saying, though, the doctors say there's no extra risk, but that's just with him playing catch. That's not necessarily saying that throwing bullpens and throwing full speed in games wouldn't give him more risk to kind of further this injury. And with the partial tear, there's always the chance that Felix could get that kind of internal brace surgery that I've mentioned on this podcast before that's kind of in between just doing rest and getting the injections and trying to come back. And the full fledged Tommy John surgery. The internal brace, which is a surgery guys like Rich Hill have gotten in the past, is where they actually go in and instead of just replacing it and grabbing another tendon from your body and putting it in your elbow, they actually put an actual like little brace in there and repair the UCL. You keep your original one, you repair it. And that timeline of recovery is more of a six, seven, eight, maybe nine month recovery instead of the 12 to 18 months that the full Tommy John takes. So from my perspective, and Michael Elias talked about, you know, somewhat that surgery on Monday and said, you know, that's still in the cards as well. We still have to see, you know, if there's surgery, what it could be. He talked about how they're going to reevaluate when the season's over and really take a look at, okay, what exactly does Felix need to get done here with this injury? Because it's clearly, again, a partial tear to the UCL. He has an injury in that elbow. You can't just do nothing. But if there's a chance of that surgery and he could get it in November, say it takes eight months, like you could get Felix Bautista back healthy after the all-star break next season. And if I'm choosing right now between Felix back for the second half next year or Felix not back until 2025 and maybe not even for opening day 2025, I'm going to take next season because the O's are in a window right now of winning world series. He is the best relief pitcher in baseball. And these windows always close faster than you think. And I get You know, the trade-off is, do you still try to pitch him this year when you're trying to win a World Series? I get it. But Dan Connolly made a great point on Twitter about this. Like, even if the doctors say there's no risk of furthering the injury, do you want to risk Felix being different, right? Like, is he favoring something because he's worried about the elbow? Are his mechanics changing because he's worried about the elbow? Maybe he's not throwing 100% because he's worried about the elbow, even if he's still effective. Are all those things worth it to get a week of Felix Bautista in the postseason and then maybe just having to get Tommy John and losing him for 2025? Or, and I don't know if this is the case, but does it make it a little easier if you just say we're shutting him down, we're going to do more look at the elbow, we're going to try to get the internal brace and try to have him back by August of 2024? And then you get him for two months and the postseason next year when the O's should once again be a World Series contender. In terms of player safety, I would just shut him down at this point. And I still, I mean, Brandon Hyde said it, and even Mike Elias said it when he was giving some positive updates Monday. Like, this doesn't mean he's definitely coming back this year. They're leaving the door open for Felix to come back this season. But basically, what we learned from Monday is, he's not officially done for the year, but it's still very unlikely that he would come back. And if he would, it would be like deep into the playoffs. Like, he's not coming back in two weeks. Definitely not returning for the regular season or anything. I just feel like what I would do if I were in charge here, and again, if the doctors are saying it's not going to injure it further, I understand why the Orioles are still having him throw and still holding out hope for the postseason. I would shut him down and say, what surgery do we need? What do we need to do? How can we get him back fully healthy, fully Felix Bautista into an Orioles uniform? Because if there's a chance to get him back for a chunk of 2024, that's the decision I would make. But again, not a doctor, not the Orioles medical staff, not Michael Elias and Brandon Hyde. We will continue to monitor what they want to do with Felix Bautista. But of course, if he does have to get that Tommy John surgery, he'll have a teammate right next to him who's just coming off of that injury. And that is John Means, who after 17 long months away from the mound at Oriole Park, he returns to that mound tonight, making the start and making his return from Tommy John surgery. Get you hyped up for that one and tell you what to expect from Means in his first start back. That is coming up next. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by game time. Now, when you heard that, hey, the Orioles are starting John Means on Tuesday night, he's coming back. I'm sure a lot of you went, let me go to the game. I know I did because I will be in attendance at the ballpark tonight. And one really good place to go and get those tickets, if you're still deciding and still thinking, hey, maybe I will go tonight, well, head over to game time. Because Game Time is the place for last-minute tickets to get fast and easy tickets, killer deals on those last-minute seats, and they've got a best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets and think about how much fun you'll have given that standing ovation to John Means when he takes the mound tonight. And there are still tickets available for the Orioles-Cardinals game tonight on Game Time. You could wait till 6 p.m. and buy the tickets because the app is so easy on Game Time. They have flash deals that get you even better prices. You select the tickets. You pay right there in the app. And you don't have to worry about going to another app, going to your email, worrying about the internet at the park. They just send the tickets right there to you on the app. You get them scanned on the app. I have done it before. I have bought the tickets on my walk over to the stadium. They've been sent right to my phone. They've scanned it. I've walked into Oriole Park. And you could do it tonight to see John Means pitch. It just makes game time the best place for the best deals on those last minute tickets. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code Locked On MLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. So as we're talking about John Means here, he will return to the mound tonight. Game two of the series. Between the Orioles and the Cardinals, 6.35 p.m. Eastern time at Oriole Park, and Means will take the hill. It's going to be a fun night at the ballpark. I'm going to be there. Adam Wainwright will be on the other side, which will just be a really interesting thing here for this matchup. An 8-1-9 ERA for Wainwright, who, even though Pulhos and Yadi retired after last year, Wainwright decided to come back for some reason at age 42 He's basically been the worst starting pitcher in baseball. Again, an 8-1-9 ERA in 19 starts. It's been ugly. Six runs on eight hits in five and two-thirds innings. His last time out against the Atlanta Braves. I mean, John Means coming off TJ will be by far the better pitcher on the mound in tonight's game. And it's going to be a fun time at the ballpark. But if you can't get to the ballpark, you can still listen to every single pitch of the Orioles' hometown radio broadcast of tonight's game two between the O's and the Cards with the SXM app through SiriusXM. Just download the app and search Orioles. And if you listen to it, you will hear the Orioles radio team talking about John Means returning to the mound. He made his final AAA rehab start last Wednesday through 67 pitches. They shortened it up a bit, just kind of considering you know when we may need him at the big league level, threw a bullpen on Saturday in Boston, told the media he felt good, and the Orioles announced Sunday that Means would start tonight's game, the Tuesday game, against the St. Louis Cardinals returning to Back to the Hill in Baltimore for the first time since April 13th of 2022. That is the last time that John Means threw a pitch for the Baltimore Orioles. Made a start in the home opening series, his second start of the year, April 13th of last year. I was in the ballpark, threw four innings of two-run ball, and then for really no reason, he was at like 60 pitches, Joey Crable came out and relieved him in the fifth inning. And I'm sitting in the ballpark. I remember it was sitting out in left field going – Why is Joey Crable in? I I was looking at the pitch count. I was like, it's at like 56. What are we doing here? And then you see the tweet from Rock about an inning later. John Means left the game with forearm tightness. Forearm tightness turns into an elbow issue. And he gets Tommy John. Well, he was certainly on the long end of the recovery process. Took him 17 months, basically. More like 16 and a half because he waited a bit to get the surgery. But... He did have a little setback. The Orioles were expecting him to be back in July of this year, then had a little bit of a back injury that wasn't related to the TJ. That set back his rehab, but he is finally here in September. September 12th, he makes his return to the mound. Just about 17 months after the injury in that game against the Brewers. Now, what to expect from John Means tonight, right? Like, don't expect no-hitter John Means. You shouldn't expect that for any pitcher, really, coming off of Tommy John surgery. Now, Means... His most pitches he threw in a rehab start was 86 pitches. That was two starts ago in A Norfolk. Again, they, they bumped him down to 67 pitches in the last one on Wednesday. What I would expect is somewhere in the 70 to 80 pitch range, probably. So you're looking at expectations four to five innings. You're hoping for five innings from John Means tonight. If you can get five innings of, like, two-run ball with, you know, one walk, six hits, and five strikeouts, I would love... To see that line tonight from John Means against, yeah, this Cardinals team is not good. But their offense is still pretty good. We saw that Monday. Like, their pitching is putrid. But this Cardinals offense is still very good. So it's a nice little test for John Means against a bad team, but a good offense to kind of come back from the TJ. Again, don't be expecting 7-8 shutout innings. If he's rolling for some reason, he's at 60 pitches through 6, like, yeah, they might send him back out there. But, again, expect 4 or 5 solid innings from Means. Expect them to go to the bullpen. Rely on some guys in the pen. I would expect at this point as I record Monday night, most likely the roster move would be Joey Crable probably being optioned back to AAA Norfolk again. They have to make room for means on the active roster. There is an open spot on the 40-man, so they do not need to make a move on the 40-man roster, but do need to make a move on the active roster. Joey Crable just kind of seems like the easiest move to make there, Uh, so we will see. If that is indeed the case, now it does take you down one guy in the bullpen because Crable didn't even pitch in Monday's game, and and, you know, you're expecting a shorter start from Means coming off TJ. So there's a chance the Orioles would maybe make another roster move that would put like Cole Irvin or DL Hall potentially in danger of being optioned back down to Triple A Norfolk to get like Brian Baker or Mike Bauman or Tyler Wells up here to have an extra arm in the bullpen. That's a possibility. But we'll see if they can just try to make it through with just means coming back and hopefully giving the O's a good start back. And again, remember going into this game, right? Even if he doesn't pitch well, even if it doesn't, if it goes poorly, it's his first start back in 17 months from Tommy John surgery. That doesn't mean he's not going to be helpful down the stretch. He could just be not super helpful down the stretch. The O's could kind of shut him down again, and then he could be fully healthy, ready to go Opening Day 2024. That could be a potential outcome as well. I still don't know what. We should expect for Means like down the stretch this year, whether we can count on him in the bullpen or the rotation in the playoffs. But one thing John Means has told us has been the best thing. He was asked over the weekend after his bullpen, you know, what would you like to do? Would you like to be a starter? Would you like to be a reliever? Are you open to those things? John Means said, basically paraphrasing, whatever I can do to win a World Series, that's what I want to do. That Is the motto, that is the headspace you want Means to be in coming back. And I am so fired up to be in the ballpark tonight to see John Means finally. It is John Means day once again as he takes the bump at Oriole Park. Make sure if you're in the ballpark, give him the biggest standing ovation when he gets out there in the top of the first inning. And then I'll be back with you tomorrow recapping the John Means return game two between the Orioles and the Cardinals. And getting you ready as we kind of count down closer and closer to what that Orioles-Rays series is going to look like later in the week, but that's coming up on tomorrow's episode. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On podcast. I your team, every day.